minimalists. <laughs> All right, here we are with Anthony O'Neill, author of Debt-Free Degree. And before we dive into our surprise questions today, and before we talk about why all debt is bad debt, <laughs> let's read some more about less. We have this little segment here we call More About Less, where we, we read something as a sort of jump-off point. And I found this from anthonyoneal.com, okay. which is where people can find you. That's yes. your home online. Yes, sir. You have some great resources up here for, for folks. And I just wanted to go through maybe a few of these as a discussion point. Uh, if you head on over to anthonyoneal.com, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, you can find a bunch of free resources here, uh, free downloads and tools designed to help you manage your relationships, money, and education. Uh, the first thing you have here is a debt-free degree scholarship search. We don't think about scholarships as much as we probably should because we often think, well, it's not for me because I didn't have a 4.0 and I didn't go to the, I wasn't the captain of the football team or, <laughs> or, or whatever, whatever it is. But scholarships are more plentiful than we might think, right? Absolutely. You know, every year you got about a billion scholarships going to waste every year. So oh, wow. uh, with, with me writing the book Debt Free Degree, I was like, hey, I got to help people out to find scholarships. And right now there's not a lot of good resources out there that are giving you some valid scholarships so i did the research hired a team and i have ten thousand scholarships on my website today and every single day we're adding more um, that are legit that are current and that anyone and everyone can apply for mm. that's incredible and so I, you just ask answer a few questions and i will sit here and give you a list of everyone's that you qualified for and the key thing is you gotta do the work i did the hard work I found them for you. Yeah. <laughs> now you got to do the, the second hard work, which is actually take the time and apply for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to uh, students listening to this or parents of students listening to this who are trying to go to college or trying to send their kids to college. Uh, yeah, it is. It is some upfront essay writing. It is a lot of submissions. It's a lot of being told no. I remember thinking about going to college and getting uh, grants and I told myself the same thing that Josh just said. Oh, I don't have. I had a really bad yeah. grade point average, and I wasn't yeah captain of the football team. I certainly wasn't homecoming king. And plus, I don't know where to find them. Right, right. exactly. So, right. so I just I I didn't go to school. I ended up I did end up going to school and having it paid for because my work paid for it. Uh. Um, although somehow I still ended up with a little bit of debt uh, because <laughs> because those FAFSA checks they start sending you checks and you're like oh it's interest free until I graduate. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I would just highly recommend. Like just submit as many uh, uh, as proposals as you can. And the cool thing is, is you talk about this in your book. Well, two things that stand out to me that you talk about in your book is the story of the gal who uh, she wrote like 42 different submissions mm -hmm. and got told no 42 times. But yeah. it was that 43rd time yes. that she finally got told yes. The other thing that stands out is a lot of this is it is essay writing. So if you write one really, really awesome essay, you could probably, yeah, reuse it, recycle it, yep. tweak it a little bit for more uh, for more uh, submissions. So yeah. yeah, it's it's totally doable. It does take a lot of work, but man, I really wish I would have like known. I wish I would have known when I was graduating high school. I definitely would have done that. I wish I would have had some of these other resources here as well. The debt-free degree college calculator. You've got a college prep checklist. You've got the FAFSA guide, um, which I didn't even know what that was when I first started taking some college classes. You just hear about it and they're like, fill this out. But uh, can we talk a little bit about that? Because you have a lot of acronyms in your book, like ACT and SAT, <laughs> things that I never took because I <laughs> I never planned on going to college. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so the FAFSA, the key thing with the FAFSA is everyone has to fill it out every single year if you're going to go to school. It doesn't matter the age that you're in because that's a key way to really identify and to determine if you qualify for scholarships. Mm -hmm. I just tell them to be very, very mindful that on this FAFSA form, that's where you also fill fill out your student loan request. Mm -hmm. So we're going to stay away from that. Mm -hmm. um, but the FAFSA is very important. It opens up right around October. Uh, you want to fill that out ASAP. So that way you can qualify for many, as many grants and scholarships that the particular school that you're going to um, has. Yeah. So you want to do that ASAP. Uh, but the FAFSA is key. You got to do it. Yeah. Uh, with the student work programs too, right? Yes, sir. That's kind of key. Yeah. FAFSA, that's the only way you can even get your student work programs, your on-campus jobs, mm -hmm. um, and even discounts. Like for an example, one of my students filled out the FAFSA uh, form, got a job doing the social media work, right? Doing the social media work, every year they took off 20% of his tuition. It's amazing. So he just ran the school's um, tuition, I mean, uh, social media accounts. They gave him 25% off 
the uh, tuition and paid him $800 a month. That's incredible. And was that the same gentleman who uh, was 25% off the first year, 50% off the second year? And 75% off his junior and senior year. That's awesome, man. That's That's unbelievable. A few other resources here. The Essential College Visit Checklist. Um, I think sometimes they... You know, people do these college visits, but you don't really even know what you're looking for. Yeah, you really don't. I didn't know what I was looking for. Honestly, when I went, I thought I was just looking for the good-looking ladies in the fraternity. That's I mean, the good-looking ladies are not on the checklist, but to look into you know fraternity sororities, that may be. But I mean, the key thing on this one here is, um, if you go to college, I want you to have a good time. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I want you to lay down a foundation and cover your priorities. And so I give a nice long checklist of things you need to be asking your professor asking counselors asking teachers asking the financial aid advisors finding the librarian um, I really give you the things that's one going to give you solid information but then also as well help you stand out differently uh, because when you go there if you ask specific questions it kind of turns on like the financial aid person like oh wait this person is smart mm-hmm. okay I like him yeah I'm gonna work with her so it's like I, I'm even giving you the questions on how to ask the questions, when to ask the questions, um, send thank you letters to, you know, the financial PA to people for coming in. That's going to set you apart. So uh, everything that I'm doing is not just to give you information, but it's also to give you information to also help you stand out from the other people doing it as well. A couple more resources here. 25 questions to help parents connect with their kids. We talk a little bit about about that. Yeah, you know, this generation of young people, man, they're different. You know, with my background and and being a youth pastor uh, almost about seven years ago for a period of 12 years, I just learned how to talk differently uh, to young people in their language. And one of the key things that I'm hearing from parents is how do I relate to my kid today? I'm Mm. I'm 38. I'm 45 years old and my kid is 12, 13, 16. I don't understand half of the stuff that they're saying or Mm. I'm not really getting through to them. Um, And so I just really wrote this this piece just to really help parents ask the right questions instead of her uh, talking to them talk with them that's the key thing you know just have a conversation with your child and even myself at 35 years old now with my parents who are in their 50s um, I have to keep reminding them yo talk with me don't mm, talk mm, at me I, right I'm a grown man so <laughs> let's have a conversation um, so that's just key that's what that's all about yeah. let's talk a little bit about and there's some more resources there you can find those at anthonyoneal.com let's talk a little bit about for some reason, this statement is so controversial. Whenever we say it, people get so mad. Ryan and I often say there's no such thing as good debt. Yes, mm. I agree. Yeah, and, there is and, no such and, thing. And people are like, yeah, but what about that? And, and but Mark Zuckerberg all, uh, took a 30-year mortgage out on his... Yeah, it's like... <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, if you're a billionaire, you can afford to have some debt. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> For the rest of you, it does not apply. Oh, right. man. And, and so uh, why is that... Why do people have such a visceral reaction to that? Because I, most people are in debt. I don't, I, I, I don't know <laughs> uh, because I agree with you all. Debt is debt. If you borrow money, you owe somebody money. Mm. If you borrow money, you're broke. And yeah. and I, I say that as a formerly broke person who made really good money. I made yeah. good money. Yeah, yeah. In fact, in the corporate world, I made a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and I was broke. I was living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. You know why? Because I had two Lexuses and a Land Rover uh, and a big house in the suburbs with uh, more toilets than people. Uh, I had all the stuff, all, you know, you have a big house, you feel compelled to fill it with all the stuff yep. and two living rooms. Why do you need two living rooms when there's just two people living in the house, right? Yeah, yeah. Why do you need three or four bedrooms? Why did I need a two and a half car garage? That doesn't even make <laughs> sense. <laughs> and what is a half car? I don't know. Cut your Land Rover in half. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You know, you know, it would be like, because here's the thing, people are, a lot of people are in debt. The majority of Americans are in debt. 78%. Right. So if someone came to me and was like, there's no such thing as a good black t-shirt. I would be like, what the, what do you mean? Like I got black t-shirts. What are you talking about? So I think that's why people get a little defensive is well, a, because people are in debt. So they want to, uh, uh, you know, get offended because they feel like we're judging them. We're not, we're just trying to help if anything. But the second thing is people find really good excuses to go into debt. So what people, when they're really saying, well, Mark Zuckerberg did a, what they're doing is, is they are showing you a really good excuse Uh. as to why they went into debt. And yes, there are some exceptions 
to the rule. There well, let's are, talk about some of those exceptions. There's always exceptions to the rule. And, and, and so uh, I, there is an exception that I know that you or, or Dave Ramsey will, will talk about with uh, respect to a mortgage. Again, a 15-year fixed rate mortgage, mm-hmm. it's still debt and it's still you still ideally you're trying to pay it off. And that's why I say it's still not good debt. Mm-hmm. It's better than getting a payday loan at the corner liquor store. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that is never going to be a good idea. But right. having a, a mortgage may make sense, but you're still going to try to pay it off as fast as possible so you can get out of debt. Man, and that's what I'm doing. Just be real. Put my business out there. That's the only debt that I have is a mortgage. Mm-hmm. 15 years fixed rate. But I agree with you. That is still debt. You yeah, know, I still have. You don't wake debt. up thanking God that you have that debt, right? Right. I so mean, it's I'm something like, you want to get rid of. I'm I'm working hard to get rid of it, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I do not want to be in debt for the rest of my life. But then I also hear that student loans. That's good debt, and I'm like, man, what are y'all on? How is student <laughs> loans <laughs> good debt when the average person is retiring with student loans? They oh, they are man. getting to their 70s and 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. and they can't even pay certain things back because they got to pay back their student loans from when they was 18, 20, 22 years old. Wow. Um, one of my, uh, and this is what gets me so frustrated when y'all said this, so y'all be, just shut me up when I need to shut up, but um, <laughs> I, I was on Instagram the other day, and this young lady sent me a message. She said, hey, I've been paying on my student loans for seven years. She's been making an automatic payment of $500. Only $38 of that goes towards her oh principal. So over $450 going towards interest. Oh. Explain to me how is that good debt? No. How is this good when the majority of it is going to the government, it's going to Sally Mae, it's going to the banks, it's not going towards the principal. No. So there is a good reason that the executives and the CEOs of, of Wells Fargo and any of these other places that are giving you loans make so much money. They make exorbitant amounts of money. And you know what? It's good for them, right. except we are being duped into Mm. believing we have to do it. It is the standard operating procedure for us to (laughs) get into debt in order to go to college. So a few things. One is you don't have to go to college. You can go to a trade school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can we talk a little little bit about that? Man, let's talk about the trade schools. I mean, do y'all know that they're estimating the next five to 10 years um, handymans or carpenters are going to be the number one paid trade out in the world oh, wow. because nobody wants to work outside. Mm. Nobody wants to be in the heat. Nobody wants to be in the cold. So like right now, there's a high demand for people who are willing to put in hard work. One of my young people went off to trade school. Uh, he paid $16,000 cash for it, came out. He's making one hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars at 19 Ooh. years old wow. and so too often That's we confuse incredible. education with schooling yes and, and you can get an education in many ways there are apprenticeships yes. there's vocational schools there's trade schools and then of course there is college and yeah. there are times when it's appropriate to go to college yes. and there are other degrees where you're like I don't know if we really need to do that. I mean, I've heard I've heard Dave talk about like the uh, underwater tap dancing degree or yeah, something. Left hand puppetry. <laughs> he says, what's the what is a left hand puppetry?" You know. But you know what? Too though, you guys, let's, let's call this out. I'll talk about this in my book a little bit. Do you even have to do anything? Can you just go straight into entrepreneurship into the workforce? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think in these days and times, that's a type of education, by the way. It that's, is. I, I did I, as soon as I graduated high school, I turned eighteen. I went out and I got a sales job, and I spent the next decade climbing the corporate ladder. And I learned a whole lot about business that I couldn't learn in a classroom. Yeah, you can. I mean, I I think that. Uh, work experience and education is important. One of my mentors, Mark Cuban, says just every single day you need to be teaching yourself how to learn. So mm-hmm. learn to learn, whether this is on YouTube, whether this is in a four-year education, trade school, tech school, you name it. Just learn to learn and just yeah. be the best at whatever that you're going after. So I am all for continued education, but debt is debt. If you borrow money, you are in debt. If you're in debt, you're broke, bottom yeah. line. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, let's talk about how important is college itself. There are some things where you do need yes. a degree. I mean, I, I don't want to go to a dentist who learned how to become a dentist on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you this question. When is the last time you asked your dentist, where did they go to school? Never. At? Never. When Never. is the last time you walked into your doctor's office and you were, you were looking for the proof of their degrees? Right. No. Yeah. No, no. You, you care more True. about about the sort of customer service, the bedside yes. manner of, of what does Yelp say person? about this doctor? It's <laughs> <laughs> literally Zocdoc. That's yeah. what I use to book appointments, yep. and, and and Zocdoc. Well, I I use that to find my my current 
uh, doctor here in in Los Angeles. Zoc Doc, I'm gonna look. That yeah, up. Zoc, yeah, it's, it's good. It, it, there, it's really solid for. It's essentially Yelp for doctors. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you want to set up appointments, you set it up straight through there. I mean, I got a colonoscopy this year from Zoc Doc. Mm. And uh, yeah, you, and so it's uh, because you're able to figure out who's highly rated, what people are saying about them, mm-hmm. and it's also they're all confirmed appointments. Right. Uh, people who actually had to have the appointment and paid for it, and all their insurance information is on file, so they can't you can't game the system that way. Right. So good. Yeah, and so uh, there are some there are some degrees uh, that are necessary, but sometimes when we get just a, a communications degree, I don't have a communications degree, but I communicate for a living. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, are, do you have any examples of some of these degrees? that are maybe l- worth a little bit less that, than, uh, than we're pretending they're worth. I mean, your business degrees, you're just your normal yeah. business bachelor's uh, degree. It's just such a general general subject. I know one particular school was charging $62,000 a year for ah. a business, just a general business degree. Wow. And I'm like, 30, yeah. like, what? That's when you can go to the same, get the exact same degree at an in-state school or even started at a community college and spend five thousand ten thousand dollars but again we're we're talking about degrees it's not just the degrees it's also about where you're getting it from the, the particular school i was just in my lawyer's office a couple of months ago and when i walked in there i never i asked myself do you even know where he graduated from like mm-hmm. I, I really don't care. He's a good doctor. I mean, not a good doctor, but he's a good lawyer. So I asked him, "Where'd you graduate from? Where'd you graduate from?" He said, "I graduated from a MTSU, hmm. a local school right here." Mm-hmm. And he said, "I only paid like thirty thousand dollars for my bachelor's. I paid another like ten grand for my uh, law degree. I'm good." I'm like, "That's incredible!" Wow. But then you have people spending three, four hundred thousand dollars for the same degree hmm. somewhere else. So I say, when when you look at your degree, also look at where you're getting it from and make sure that it's affordable. Yeah, my own experience with the business degree, I can tell you, like it taught me nothing, man. Like I started school when I was 25, maybe 26 years old. Yeah, I was already in the corporate world. And again, uh, I think I said this on the last podcast, like work paid for the tuition and for books. So like I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go because it's free. But every business class I took, I'm like, Oh, like I'm just learning what I'm already doing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and if and if anything, oh, I can put a name behind this method that I'm using. Yeah, yeah you're like, oh, this is full cost accounting. Or, right, or, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you you get to sort of understand, and and but guess what? You could also figure that out without paying for the degree. I mean, yeah. if you really, if the objective was really to learn, as Mark Cuban told you, <laughs> then instead of going to MIT, I think MIT puts all of their classes on YouTube now. Yeah, and so you can actually. Yeah, instead of spending whatever MIT is sixty, eighty thousand a year, who yeah. knows? You could just take those classes on your own. Yeah. Now, the big thing about going to the actual school is they will hold you accountable, and yeah. so maybe maybe the lesson to learn here is you have to find ways to hold yourself accountable. Yeah. You know, I, I think how I say this so y'all try won't get mad at me. <laughs> um, you know, when I look at an education now, the college degree reminds me of a car. There is a value in it, but it loses its value over time. Mm. You know, so it's like this piece of paper that we may have, we maybe spent $100,000 for to get this degree. Um, is it going to give you and stay worth $100,000 moving forward? No, but it's important to land a job. If you want to be a law- lawyer, doctor, nurse, you need the degree. You, you have to get that degree. Mm-hmm. Um, just like how you need, you need some form of transportation to get around whether that's a car a bike whatever it is um you need that form of transportation to get around so it's like for me when i look at a degree i want to get it as cheap as possible which is why i buy used vehicles um because i want to get it as cheap as possible because the value may not be there long term Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, and also um when i think about when i think about how much money you are are going to spend whether it's on on a vehicle or on a degree um i'm also realizing that (coughs) Damn, I lost my thought. That's all right. <laughs> Happens all the time. I was going Happens somewhere. All of us. <laughs> <laughs> I was going somewhere good too. I had all these things. I was getting ready to yeah, you was about it's to only, bring it on in. It's Get only it going back, out to man. our patrons, and they'll forgive uh, you, man. They yeah, love us. Yeah, that's all right. But um, not as much as we love them. We got some questions here. Some surprise questions. Chance asks. Is it impossible to go to college? Or you know, he, this isn't even a question. This yeah. is a a, a statement, ex, an exclamation. Uh, yeah. Chance says it's impossible to go to college debt free. Well, you know so, what, Chance, so with that attitude, uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything's impossible when you say it's impossible. His name right? is Chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, 
but here's great. the thing. I'm, I'm the sure irony. You, you, you have to hear this quite a bit, Anthony. You you have to hear people say they, they say some iteration of this, or or if they if they don't say it's impossible, they say I can't. Oh man, mm. but it's so frustrating, especially when we hear from a man named Chance. Yeah, like, you're not even giving yourself a chance. <laughs> uh, but I hear it all the time, and you know I, I got so frustrated about it that uh, I'll say about a couple of months ago, I sat down with six individuals who are in their 20s, and I said, hey, tell us how you went to school. You can go to my website, anthonyoneal.com, right now, and you can see. We did a debt-free degree town hall, and we brought up six students that all six of them didn't borrow a dime. Um, all six of them finished their bachelor's degree. Out of those six, two of them got their master's. Out of those six, one of them is, is finishing her PhD this month, um, and, and they all didn't pay not one dime so to say that it's impossible um that scares me because i'm like well who are you around Mm. to even think that it's not possible when i'm seeing people do it every single day but here's the problem 78 percent of people are living paycheck to paycheck they're broke broke people do what broke people do Mm. and for me i'm trying to do what rich people do mark cuban said this one thing he said if you really want to be wealthy you will not have debt yeah. And you will go, you'll do anything it takes to make sure you do not have debt. And those are the people who I'm around. And those are the individuals who I'm seeing who are thinking like that and saying, you know what? I'm going to get this education. I don't come from wealth. I don't have a large support system, but I'm going to move slow. I'm going to cash flow it and I'm going to graduate debt free. Now they're making eighty, one fifty, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000 a year. Mm. Yeah. I'm guessing chances, uh, he's saying this for one of two reasons. Either A, he has put himself in a bunch of college loan debt. And he's projecting to justify it, and it's and it's scary for him to think that oh man, I could have done this for free. Ooh. So yeah, it's easier to justify it is than to admit your own mistakes. Mm. Or he just simply is looking at it how how hard work, how much hard work it would take to have a debt free college degree, and he's not willing to put in the work. So really, he's saying. Uh, he, he's saying it's not easy to go to college. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what's the Henry Henry Ford saying? Whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. Yeah. And I think that applies to Chance. Here. We just he just uh, Anthony just talked about the the six town hall students. Yeah. And there are hundreds, actually, scratch that, thousands, thousands. of other students yeah. who have done the same thing, and they are just a, a one one small example of thousands of other people who are living that way. But then, of course, there are hundreds of thousands who are in Chance's spot where they just think they have to do it. And right now, what we're saying is you don't have yeah. to do it. You can take on debt if you want. I, I would prefer you didn't because I think debt is a type of death sentence because it prevents you from living today. Yeah, Anthony, I agree with you, man. Chance needs to give himself a chance. You really do. And But you know what? I forgive Chance, and I forgive all the other chances yeah. because I used to think like Chance. Me too. You know, like... Because no one's teaching this. No one is saying you can do it. Everyone is saying go do this way. And so I just think the reason why a lot of people are are thinking the way Chance is thinking is because of the lack of education, which I'm so grateful for people like what you all are doing and what we're doing, just trying to give people hope uh, and just guide them down the right path. Amen. I got a question here from KB. Ryan, you want to read that? Do you support the proposal to cancel all current student loan debt? Why or why not? Is there a better way to tackle this issue? So Anthony, That's three I, questions. I, I think what <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching this on on YouTube, then you can see the uh, Anthony's face right now. Um, he's just covering up. I, 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 I think based on that answer, we can uh, mm. we, we can figure out what uh, what Anthony thinks. But uh, you see what y'all think. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you. No, I, I believe in personal responsibility. Yeah. And Should the debt be canceled? Yeah. <clears throat> no, no, I mean, and, no. And here's why. There's no such thing as free college. Right. Come on, man. Um, Someone's paying for it. Yeah. yeah and, and so when we use this word free, unless we're using it in the sense of freedom, like debt free, <laughs> <laughs> but when we say, uh, Sean, uh, give me a free coffee, he has to pay for it then. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. And, and really, ultimately, what we're saying is, in, in, and we actually, we, we had Pete Buttigieg on the podcast recently. He's running for president. And he is against the the um, canceling all student debt. Mm-hmm. He says because you realize, like, and Pete is he makes the least amount of money out of everyone who's running for president right, right. now. He said you realize I'd have to pay for rich kids to go to college right. by making it free. He's like, yeah. I'm, you know, I, he makes a good living. He's a mayor of a city. Yeah, but but he he's like, well, I I don't I don't see. Uh, giving it to free for free to everyone and by the way 
what we're showing you is okay i made some bad decisions with my own i went to i took some college classes quite a few um never graduated but took on debt uh, and that was a bad decision on my part. I take personal responsibility for it, and I spent several years paying that money back. Now, if someone were to just give that, give that to me and say, oh, it's free, what's going to happen? I'm going to go do something stupid again because I don't learn from the mistake that I made. And if, we're, if we don't learn from the mistake, we're going to keep making that same mistake over and over. And so, yeah, you cancel everyone else's debt. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to go out and get more debt yes. because, oh, now I'm not paying that off. Uh, might as well go ahead and buy that Beamer I've always wanted to buy. And I'm not even going to buy a used one. I've got enough money that I can afford the 63-month uh, loan or, yeah. or, or whatever. And, and so, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not for it. Anthony, what are, I, my guess is you're not for it either. Oh, no, I'm, I'm completely against it. You know, and, and here's why. To add on to what you're saying. So what you're saying is true. But let's think about this. Will we put a Band-Aid on a wound that continues to bleed? Mm, right. We won't. I mean, what we need to do is before we even consider fixing the problem today, let's fix this the, the main issue. And that is if we wipe out all student loan debts today, 10 years from now, we'll be right back in the same situation. Absolutely. Yes. And so it's like for me, let's, I personally say this, and I know I'm probably get some hate mail from this, but I think we need to stop and end student loans, period. I totally agree. You know, because regulate them to some point, something we, yeah. we got to do something to where we fix this issue, because when we go back and do the research back in 1965, banks didn't want to give out student loans mm-hmm. because it was like this 17, 18, 19 row hasn't worked. They, they're not good people to even give the money mm-hmm. back. Then the government comes in and says, hey, we'll guarantee it. Then next thing you know, we start seeing colleges prices jack up. Mm-hmm. Since then, colleges prices have gone up eight times more than wages. In the last 20 years. So if we sit here and cancel student loan debt, the price is going to skyrocket even higher. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, what in the world? Because they already know, hey, another 10, 15 years to just forgive another group of students. No, let's let's fix the situation up front. I believe that we do need more free community colleges. Mm-hmm. Don't I do not believe we need all free schools, mm-hmm. but we do need access to some maybe some good community colleges, maybe some good local in-state colleges, some trade schools, some good trade schools, especially the trade schools yeah. because as you said, those jobs are most in, in demand right now. Yes. And it actually leads to Stacy's question, which is the next one. She says, "How how can we?" how can we get the government to stop guaranteeing student loans? And that's one of the other big problems here yeah, is ta- student loans are guaranteed. And by the way, that's why, yeah. not that I'm an advocate of bankruptcy, yeah. I'm not, but but it, there's only two two types of loans that you can't wipe out with uh, with bankruptcy. It's student loans and the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go to the mafia and yeah. say, hey, uh, right. I declared bankruptcy. I was about to say, wait, what's the other one? <laughs> <laughs> I got it now. But yet, you're right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's we got to get it to stop. That's something that Dave Ramsey and myself are really harping on is uh, that we just got to get the government to say, you know what? End it all. Yeah, well, Stacey yeah. says I mean, the, the government makes everything more expensive. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, especially if you're backing the student loans. I mean, what we're talking about is a symptom of a much larger problem. You're absolutely right. The way that, I mean, I consider student loan predatory lending. When you can take an 18-year-old person, an 18-year-old student, be like, here you go, here's six figures worth of debt. I mean, that is irresponsible. Uh, and I, I didn't realize, I mean, I'm literally just learning this right now that the government is the one who backs the colleges when these students default. Absolutely. So to me, like, that makes zero sense. Like, somehow, like, the government is there to regulate. The government is not there to uh, uh, to manipulate or to, like, flood the market. And that's exactly what it sounds like the government is doing. I totally agree. Like, free college, that's crazy. Well, I, I shouldn't say free college is crazy. Uh, wiping out student debt is crazy uh, because, yes, you're, 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 you're taking care of a symptom of something that's going on much worse. Yeah. But, I mean, going back to the, the previous question of is there a better way to tackle this issue – yeah, there is a better way to tackle this issue, and and it is has to do. I think it has to do with regulation. We talked about that with uh, with Pete Buttigieg about like you've got to be able to throw something in there that that is starting to sh- shut the floodgates essentially. But right yes. now the floodgates are open. Wide open, and it's not it's not free college. But what Anthony is advocating for is debt free college. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And, yeah. and, and you, you you get what you pay for in this instance, meaning you can pay for a degree. You don't have to overpay for your degree, yeah. but that because the government backs everything right now, what Stacey is saying is the government's making everything more expensive. Yeah. What she's really saying is because that money is guaranteed, it's guaranteed to the university by the government. It's not guaranteed by the person. Mm. The prices are going to keep going up and yeah. up and up because yeah. they can, they can do that. It's like a bailout for, 
I mean, seriously, I'm just now learning this. Like, to me, it sounds like a bailout for colleges, just like the government did the bailout for the banks. Except when we were before we started recording, Anthony was saying he he speaks at a lot of uh, colleges and high schools. In fact, I think people can find your events on yeah. on your website. Yeah. Um, and if you get a chance, bring your kids to see to see Anthony. He's a great public Amen. speaker. Um, I. The thing you were talking about is a lot of these universities now are they they want you to be there because they don't want their kids to graduate with a bunch of debt. They no. they know they're going to get their money either way. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the professors told me he was like, "Hey, man, uh, not professors, but the president of the com- of the college says, hey, we actually would prefer uh, scholarships, grants, and cash over student loans." He was like, "Because that's cash. They're going to be really they're going to finish school for one because now they have the personal investment into it, but every time." Um, you default on the student loan, get dings to college. Mm-hmm. And so uh, colleges and universities love bringing me in because I'm pushing for, uh, let's figure out a way to pay cash for it. And also not just pay cash for it, but let's be focused while we're here. Mm-hmm. If you are here, do not waste your time. Let's get the education mm-hmm. and let's focus and be the best at it. But uh, we have to. I mean, and keep this in mind, every single year, colleges and universities, inflation rate goes up 2 to 5% a year. Mm-hmm. Every year. Wages are not even going up that much every year. Yeah. Yeah. So when a student defaults and a university gets dinged, what like how how do they get dinged? I'm just curious. Do you know? I don't know. I don't know all the particulars behind that. I don't want to speak into that, but I just know when the the president said every time a student defaults that's currently in school, there is something negative. There is a negative that uh, is a negative impact that happens to the school. If they pay cash for it, there's nothing negative because it's already been paid. I'm just trying to figure out what's negative because. If they're still guaranteed their money, it, it's not negative enough. Well, it, it, it's my, not. My, here's yeah. my here's my guess: is what's happening here is these universities are. Uh, if you are a university, it's Nicodemus University. Yes, and you just accept anyone, mm-hmm. and then all, they get all of these guaranteed sort of loans. Then all of a sudden. It's like, well, wait, Nicodemus U is just accepting everyone. We're going to have to make it a little bit harder for the people who go to Nicodemus U uh, to, to get to get loans so going really, forward. So the university gets dinged because the students get dinged. Well, because they're basically they're, they're accepting they're applying students to the wrong, who, are yeah. being, who are being irresponsible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which, honestly, most students are being irresponsible. I, I really love what, what Ryan was, was illustrating earlier. Student debt is the only time you'll take a 17-year-old or 18-year-old and then saddle them with five or six mm-hmm. figures worth of debt and say, good luck. Yeah, you can't yes. be responsible with an alcoholic drink. <laughs> right. But, but you, but could you be, can. <laughs> but you could be responsible with $100,000 worth of debt. Unbelievable. You know, I mean, it just goes to show like the... I love freedom, man. Love yeah. America. Yeah. I'm a big fan of freedom. Yeah. But like with all this freedom, it does come a great responsibility. It really does. And I'm totally ripping that off from Spider-Man. <laughs> but I mean, you, I mean, you can take out 40 year mortgages now. I mean, it's we have enough rope to hang to hang ourselves oh. with several times over. 40 year mortgage. Can you imagine if I took out a 40 year mortgage, that I'd almost be 80 by the time I was done paying it off. Oh, dude, what did Dr. Christopher Ryan say that the 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 secret to an American life is accumulate as much debt as you can and then die. Well, he was saying, he was saying, don't get in any debt. Uh, he, he's like, uh, here's how the American credit system is so messed up. He's like, I can wait till I'm 65 and take out a 40 year mortgage. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. that All right. Uh, we got a question from Nicholas. Does the lack of financial literacy in our school system create an ethical dilemma by allowing teenagers access to high interest rate loans? Wow. That's a, great observation yeah i mean i think so 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 is is there an ethical dilemma here uh anthony because i mean we were just talking about that if Mm -hmm. you're 18 and you're saying now the only part of his his um question i somewhat disagree with is uh student loans aren't as high interest rate as many other loans it's still debt though yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. and so it, it it's debt with an interest rate and yeah. so you do have to uh, you, you i mean you have some extreme examples where someone is paying 500 bucks a month and over yeah. 400 of it's going toward the uh not not going toward the principal right. but but really what what we're talking about here is it is an ethical dilemma for banks or any lending institution to say hey um it's almost like what you said earlier. It's predatory lending in a yeah, way. Yeah. I think the, the ethical part comes from me is what are we? Why are we going to school? We're going to school to get a job. Why are we getting a job so we can make wait, money? Wait, wait, let's pause that. I think a lot of people don't realize that. <laughs> 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 it's like 
I've graduated high school. Now it's time to go to the 13th grade because I don't know what I'm supposed to do with mm. my life. Oh, no. And it's a weird thing that at 18, not only are uh, the ethical dilemma it has to do with debt, but it's like, all right, now you have to make a decision yeah. of what your career is going to be for the exactly. rest of your life. Yeah. Except now the average millennial or Gen Z, they will change careers more than seven times. times. Not not the uh, not jobs, right? Careers. careers. Mm. And and when you think about that, it's like, wait, you're making a decision at age eighteen, or really you have to make it before eighteen. Mm. You're you're probably a junior or senior in high school, and you talk about that in in the book, uh, in uh, being in high school and making these decisions. Realize that yes, you're going to college, so it can aid you toward getting a job. Yes. There are other reasons to go as right. well, right. but I think right now the primary reason. That you're making this financial investment is so that you can take that uh, that degree and actually do something with it. Do something with it. So here's my problem: we're doing all this to get them to get into their career field or their job. But what does a career field or a job do? It brings in income. So mm-hmm. wait, why are we not teaching them how to deal with the end result, which is income in school? Yeah. yeah. So it's like we're not teaching them how to budget. We're not teaching them what is debt and how to avoid debt. Now um, your your, your guys' Ramsey curriculum is in a bunch of high oh, schools now, thankfully. Yeah. Um, and I'm grateful for that because I can tell you I had one teacher who left a uh, uh, had an impact on my high school life. Oh, Josh, uh, you don't have to talk about me that way. <laughs> 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 oh, you're talking about an actual teacher. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember? <laughs> did you ever have Pete Holzenbush? Oh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. He, I think I, I had him for like study hall or something. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I had like, him for two classes. Yeah. One was uh, typing, uh, and we learned to type on typewriters. So type. I know, right? Uh, but I can type like crazy now because we learned. But Ryan and I both learned to type on typewriters. Yep, so we sound like we're like banging on a uh, keyboard or something now this was like this was still like 1998 1999 computers had been around it was for before sev- that it was 96 several years no i mean i took my typewriting class my senior year which oh, i graduated wow. in 99 okay but anyway that's our school is just cheap is what i'm really trying to say yeah <laughs> yeah for sure and the other th- other class we had an accounting class which i learned about debits and credits whatever but mm-hmm. he taught me how to balance a checkbook and why aren't we teaching more of that? Yeah. We're not teaching how to balance a checkbook. We're not teaching how to budget. We're not teaching that debt is bad. Um, we're not even teaching like, okay, if you are going to take on debt, here's the worst kind of debt. Here's the, here's the, the well, I guess slightly better kind of debt with a mortgage or, or whatever. Mm. We're not, we're not even talking about money really. Or if we do, we talk about it in the abstract. It's, yeah. It becomes debits and credits and that, that becomes meaningless. Yeah. Going yeah. back to KB's question, like, is there a better way to tackle this issue? Like, yeah, this is part of the solution. I mean, education. there are probably, yeah, there are a lot of things you can do, but education certainly is one of them. So the Dave Ramsey curriculum that's in high schools, it's not mandatory. I'm sure that's an elective. Yeah. It's not mandatory yet. Uh, there are 11 states right now currently that require it. Oh, that's great, um, man. But we're, we're fighting with the government to try to make this required for all of them but mm. one in three high schools um, over a million students have been through our curriculum and so I, I just believe because of just me personally I promise you the only thing that I knew about money was if I worked I got to give 10% away to a local church mm. outside of that I didn't know nothing no budgeting back, that's back then when we had the checkbooks and yet do the actual budgeting on the top of the checkbook Yeah, this yeah. generation doesn't know about that no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, just, I didn't have any financial literacy or any financial education from my parents, from school or nothing. And that's what made me Same. Uh, pretty much end up homeless, $35,000 in debt before I even turned 19. Is it a negative thing for people not to go into debt for the government? Like, is there a reason why the government would be fighting that? Is it because they are making some kind of profit off of like the student loans? I mean, I know like those FAFSA loans I got, I did have to pay interest eventually. FAFSA, uh, so so FAFSA is two things. Well, there's there's I'll, I'll say this in quotes: free money. That that's the the yep. sort of scholarship side of things, mm-hmm. yep. and that's why FAFSA is important. Yes. The other side, though, how they they, they conflate it with also getting the loans as well right and so no the government is isn't making isn't making money off of this to to my knowledge but Mm. uh there is there's quite a bit of systems work bureaucratic systems work really hard not to change right Mm -hmm. and so um if you have a curriculum that is already set up 
for your students mm -hmm. and it's already a particular way, that means someone is already benefiting from that. Mm. Now, it could be benefiting just because the teacher doesn't have to learn anything new. The administrators don't have to learn anything new. They don't have to vet anything new. But there are people who are a part of that system mm. that will fight against change just because they want it to be the way that it is. So what you're saying is this government has only corporate interests at heart. And this isn't true capitalism, it's crony capitalism. <laughs> and in order to fix student debt, we've got to do something different. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think in order to fix student debt, you can't... You, none of us sitting here at this table are going to be able to fix the, the student debt crisis broadly, mm -hmm. but we can help individuals fix their student That's debt crisis. Amen, yeah. That's it right yeah, there. Yeah, that's good, man. All right, another question here from Ren. It's Ryan without the, without the vowel. <laughs> He's smelling Ryan the cool way. <laughs> what info should I look for when refinancing a loan? Hmm. That's a good question. So, so Anthony, uh, you've already got you got someone who already has a loan, and yeah. maybe their the interest rate's too high, and uh, they want to refinance. Um, I, I guess maybe the thing that we'll, we'll talk to them about is, yeah, may, it might make sense to refinance, get a lower interest rate. But not if you're just doing that to, so you can maintain the minimum payments in perpetuity. There you go. There you go. Now, that's, that's exactly where I was going to go. Um, I don't have a problem with you refinancing if it's going to give you a good dent on your interest rate as far as in it's going to lower your interest rate. I'm not concerned about the payment. I want to make sure that we're not paying as much penalties, interest, long term. But for an example, let's say for an example, you got a 4.5 and it's going to go down to 4.2. That's a waste of time. Right. Mm -hmm. Do not refinance right. that. Uh, but at the same time, let's say if you got a 4.5 and it goes down or a 17.5 and it goes down to a we can get you down to a nine percent. Okay, we're going to do that, but we're still going to keep the same payment we was paying right. the last time. Mm. So that way, you're throwing more money at it and more principal towards it. So this way, you're getting out of debt quicker. The key thing for refinancing is, can I get out of debt quicker? If yeah. my answer is no, I'm not refinancing. If my answer is I could, but I'm gonna use this money to help me out over here so I can buy my girlfriend a new purse or something like that for mm. Christmas that's coming up here in a couple of weeks. No, I'm not doing that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm not a real huge fan on refinancing. Right. Uh, but I am a fan when there's a game plan and it's a clear win. Yeah, sometimes it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I totally understand. I, what I don't understand, though, is why someone with a low credit score gets the higher interest rate. Where someone with a great credit score, it's like, I guess it's a reward. Like, hey, you have a great credit score, so we'll give you this low interest rate. It's because of lower risk. I mean, that's ultimately why. Yeah. So, But, but I, would have, I have this question. But aren't you raising the risk, though? If you give... If you give someone a higher interest rate, like you're creating more risk because so they're not going to be able to pay it back. If you have if you have a hundred high risk people, a hundred low risk people, mm -hmm. the, of of the hundred high risk, oh. more of them are going to default, and so the people yeah. who don't default in the high risk pool are paying Pain. for the other uh, people yeah. who are defaulting in the low risk pool. No one's going to okay. default, and so you all get a lower interest rate. Yeah. But isn't it, it funny though? People like us who don't have a credit score, we get also the higher interest rate if we was going to go. Do that. Oh, that is crazy. That I is have crazy. no debt, but you're gonna charge me like I'm crazy, yeah. right? And, well, and that's the thing. Like I, people will call in sometimes and say, "Well, uh, I need a credit score for whatever," and and um, I don't know what my credit score is. I don't care me because either. it's a debt score. Yes, mm -hmm. and I, I I don't. Here's the thing. There, but in order to rent an apartment, I'm like, well, no, I rent an apartment, and you know what? <laughs> If, if I was making only $10,000 a year, mm -hmm. my landlord's not going to rent to me. I don't care if my credit score is an 800. <laughs> if, I, if I can't pay the yeah, rent right. that they're charging. Yep. Well, yeah, but but I swear I, I have a really good credit score. I don't care. Yeah. I, I yeah. own a house and I rent it out yeah. to someone. Mm -hmm. And you know what I care about? I care about what his tax return looks like much more than what his credit score That's looks it. like. Yeah. Because if he's not able to pay for the house, then he's not able to pay. I, I can't get blood out of a turnip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Heather wants to know how how to fake my... <laughs> <laughs> what? How to fake my own death 
to get rid of my student debt. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> Isn't that what it feels like sometimes? Though? Oh, like, oh, people man. feel that trapped. They're like, no. I guess I'm going to have to pretend I'm dead in oh. order to get out of it. Because you can't even declare bankruptcy. We need to start another podcast, How to Fake Your Own Debt. <laughs> here's what's sad. While we laugh at this, and I'm pretty sure she's joking. I mean, but just a couple of months ago, man, a young kid went to uh, UNC. Uh, yeah, UNC uh, in uh, North Carolina and just shot up in the air. Unfortunately, he killed mm. one person. When he got before the judge, he explained, he stood up immediately and said, I'm guilty. And he said, I'm guilty because I wanted to go to jail so I don't have to pay back my student oh loans. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. That's, uh, and so it was like, while, while we laugh, people are really like stressing out on to what to do how to avoid that this debt. Well, let's yeah. talk about that. Let's talk mm. about some of the stress here because it really, I mean, that's an uh, an obvious extreme example. Very, yeah. mm-hmm. And and where there's where the three of us are, we don't have any student debt. Yeah. And we don't have it. So we don't have any stress around student debt because we don't right. have any. We're not going right. to get any. Right. But then there's this whole area in between where there are a lot of folks who have five figures worth of debt. They're not making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it feels impossible for them to get out of it. Now, obviously I can say, well, you have Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. Yeah, there yeah. is a recipe out there. And by the yeah. way, I think that's you did that with this book. You right. did the Total Money Makeover for uh, debt-free degree. Yeah. Um, and and I think that, that what we can tell people is, yeah, there are recipes out there, but how do we give them some hope in the meantime? Well, here's the hope. You can do it. Yeah. It's, but here's the truth. It will be hard. Right. It's going to require patience. It's going to require time and require dedication. But here's the hope. You can do it. Several people have done it, and you can do it too. And they've been in a worse situation than you. Absolutely. Wherever you are, there's been someone who's been in a more difficult... I I tell you, when I left... Well, before I left the corporate world, when I started paying off debt, I had almost half a million dollars worth of debt. Wow. Yeah. And uh, now a lot of it was mortgage, and I sold the house and and moved into a small apartment, got rid of all of my bills. I mean, literally, I got rid of everything. I got rid of home internet even. (laughs) I mean, I had had virtually no bills. You use your cell phone for internet now? What I mean, I have home internet now. There you go. I was about to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish I didn't, but my wife and my daughter both will, will, hey, will not allow it. So the sacrifice. <laughs> no, I went. I went five years without home internet, um, wow. and uh, I, 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 the reason I did is because freedom was worth more to me mm. than any of these sort of ephemeral pleasures, mm. right? Mm. And. Uh, what I did is I eliminated a lot of things that added value to my life temporarily, yeah. right? Because once you once you eliminate those, you realize some of those things didn't actually add value. I pretended they, they were valuable. Right. But then other things, I get to bring them back in once I get out of debt. And I bring them back in deliberately. Yeah. And, and, and doing so with intention helps you better appreciate the things that you have now because you worked really hard to be able to afford them the legitimate way, the, mm-hmm. the debt-free way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, to avoid that stress, like, or, or to not have that stress is to av- the best way to do it is to avoid it. So, if you're in a situation right now where you don't have a ton of debt, like, don't put your, yourself in that position. The thing, too, is like these easy decisions, these instant gratification uh, decisions that we make, like, it just creates harder work for us down the road. It makes it every like, decision you're making is a decision your future self is going to have to deal with. Oh. Yeah, absolutely, man. Good it, or bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, what's what's crazy is like to think about it is if you put the hard work in now, like going to college debt free, it is hard work, and it sounds like a hard work, and it's daunting. Yeah. But that's that's nothing compared to the hard work you're gonna, you're gonna have to put in for eight years from now if you take on all that college debt. Yeah, one thing I'm always telling young people is the caliber of your future will be determined by the choices you made today. Amen. Man. And so if we can just, you know what, say, you know what, if you are in debt and you have a kid right now, maybe two, five, six, I want you to think about them and really start looking at their future. Uh, avoid it. Get, I know you got the stress right now, but figure out how to get out of this yourself. But then what can you do to make sure that your child, your loved one coming up behind you does not have to start where you are right now? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Brian wants to know, what are some of the best jobs to have in college? Like well, at the college or while you're going to college? While you're going to college. But but also I, I saw a, a close correlate to, uh, to this question where someone was saying, and so I think we could talk about this as well. So. Mm-hmm. Think about that, Anthony. What are some of the best jobs to have while you're in college? We already talked about Uber. We can talk more about that. Um, but also, um, 
I saw someone say, well, I, I don't want my kid to ruin their college experience by having to have a job. And, oh, my goodness. And I, I think I think the opposite. What about their adult <laughs> experience? This is going to be ruined with a job. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, wow. and really what you're learning, you're learning about balance as well, right? Yeah. You really are. You know, studies are showing that if, if a young person works 10 to 19 hours a week, max 20, I do agree with working uh, max 20. I'm not a huge fan of working someone working 40, 80 hours a week while they're in school full time. Yeah. Uh, but studies are showing if they're working 20 hours max a week that they're even performing better grade wise than the mm. average student on campus. Look at that. It's, so, it's like in the business world, they say, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person to do. <laughs> right. Just give it to them. So, I mean, it's like I, people who say, I don't want them. No, they should and they they need to. Here's the thing. You're in college to learn how to deal with people in for a career. So you need a job to learn how to deal with different characters. Yeah. You need to be cussed out one time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you need to be yelled at one time. You need to be fired. I mean, you, you there are some things that only working can teach you that you cannot get in the classroom. Right. So if you can combine the two classroom and actual uh, time on the job, you're going to graduate better and healthier and really ready to go into the career field. I feel like it should be mandatory that every single person work in some kind of customer service like position yeah, or retail because like i'll tell you man like when i see people like just going off on like the <laughs> store you know clerk because they can't give them a discount for a coupon that's expired it's like oh you've never worked in customer service have you right, right. yeah i mean it's it's yeah that's crazy i totally well, agree like you can you can get two educations at once man let's two. talk about yeah. some of these, these jobs though what what are some ideal jobs because we, we i mean the first sales job I ever had was being a waiter or a busboy yeah. because yeah. you are forced to interact with it and you, you, you work on commission tips, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan and I both worked in telecom for a while. I, I think sales jobs are, are, are really helpful because they help you determine your own destiny because you're making a commission check. Yep. So well, especially you, at our corporation, like when you, when you worked part time, at that telecom company, they paid for half of your tuition. Right. Mm. So you might be able to like kind of kill two birds with one stone there, get a job to help pay for your college tuition, but then that job actually might give you some additional money towards that tuition. Yeah, yeah. Are there, are there some other creative, jobs? Another creative job that if you're if you're really good at people and communicating, um, is um, car salesman. Mm. One yeah. of my good friends, he sold cars on the weekends. And he was making on average like five grand a month. Wow. That's crazy. Just from selling cars. Yeah. And he was only working the weekends. And Friday. he was also developing a skill set. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, he was, here's the skill set he learned a lot to how to take no, how to handle a no. Yeah. He said, I had, I had to go through at least 10 no's in one day to sell one car. Yeah, and he was like, "But when I graduate now, when people tell me no, I'm so used to it; it doesn't bother me. I still go after it." Yeah, and I'm like, "Wow!" You know, it's funny. People hear the you know the the, the trade of being a salesman, and that I mean to me that was a pejorative until Josh, when he was managing a, a, a store, a retail store, he's like, "Hey, look, here's what this sales job can get you." And I was like, "Oh, like I started seeing yes. some benefits to a sales job." But then when I realized when I was in it. People want to be sold to. Yes. Like people, yeah. they, they need they need someone to help them buy a car. Yes. They need someone to help them buy a house. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a matter of like, oh, you gotta be a slimy salesman. Like actually if you're a good salesman, like people are going to uh, send you more customers. Because yeah. you added value to their life. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And you know what? Like I would be honest with people if when I'm selling them a, a plan or whatever it was, I'm like, look. Here's how much commission I'm going to make off of this. Mm. But, the, you know, like I'm going to be very transparent with you and just be, you know, as honest as possible. You can be an honest salesman and totally like go home and go to sleep at night. I mean, there are some sleazy salesmen out there. And as long as you don't do that, then, yeah, you can totally be a salesman and still have a completely respectable, respectable We're, job. I like the idea, too, of you talk about it in your book with the student working programs. Yes. Like that's to me, like that sounds like the most obvious when you're in college. Like yeah. how can you work at your college and get some money off of your tuition. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that's one of the best because not only will you get a check, but then you can also negotiate uh, discounts off of your tuition, mm -hmm. books, rooms, and board. For an example, you can be uh, the guy that watches over the dorm rooms or the particular level of the dorm room, and you'll get paid for that, but then also your room and board is free. Yeah. So it's like you get free housing, but then you also get a check every month. So that's it's all about just getting out there, seeing what's available on campus. Take that first and foremost, and then outside of that, I mean, look into um, any type of sales jobs. I'm a huge fan of that because of the education that comes behind that. 
any type of retail because you're, you're still learning from there as well mm-hmm. um, but then also as well get creative there's so many things out there on the apps now like we said earlier about uber lyft um they're even delivering groceries now mm-hmm. you can go out there and yeah. deliver groceries i don't know how i feel about someone picking up my meat but. i know i don't know how i feel about people <laughs> <laughs> i'm like man I, I don't know how i feel about people ordering mcdonald's like to get delivered to them and yeah you've seen those commercials like oh, yeah, all the well, fast food joints now was, are like i was talking to, to an uber driver in missoula and apparently like the the uber eats that's in missoula i think it's the only food delivery service there at least it was for a while mm-hmm. he said pr- pretty much the only thing people order are, ta- are uh, taco bell and uh and mcdonald's oh you, and Missoula. yeah <sighs> so he's like i'd have to deliver mcdonald's he said i stopped doing it because i was my whole car smelled like mcdonald's yeah. <laughs> let me let me say this let me end up in this question with this uh, uh, about uh the best jobs to have in college Ryan talked about you don't have to be a sleazy salesperson in order to be a salesperson. There are times, however, where some companies or managers will ask you to do something that is against your values. Mm. And what you want to avoid is taking a job that doesn't align with your values. Now, I'm not talking about your preferences. You're like, Mm -hmm. well, in fact, you want to get a little bit uncomfortable. This, your job that you're taking in college should make you very uncomfortable. Yeah, my preference would be not have a job at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so, so, uh, but if you're being asked to do something that is immoral or unethical, then of course, avoid that walk away don't compromise your values for some short-term gain Mm -hmm. Uh, be willing to walk away so you can walk towards something that does align with your values yeah these next two questions we kind of covered uh sam how do you stay positive if you've already occurred overwhelming amounts of student debt we kind of spoke to that i mean it's I, i agree like look at your situation just know that someone has definitely had it worse and someone has climbed their way out and they are living a debt-free life right now. Now, the uh, like you brought up that kid that just wanted to go to prison. Um, I wish someone could have taught him and given Absolutely. him a little bit of education first yeah. because he saw no way out. No way. So you got to seek a way out. Like that's step number one is you got to seek a way out, find a recipe where other people have done it. Dave Ramsey and his team, Anthony, I mean, they've got plenty of examples where people were had copious amounts of debt and have paid it off. And they're not doctors and lawyers and, you know, trust fund kids. Like these are normal every everyday people. The the term overwhelming is what stood out to me in this question from Sam. What do you tell someone who's already accrued overwhelming amounts of debt? Mm. Well, how do we make it not overwhelming? Is the first thing we do. We we, we chunk it. And yeah, so yeah. whether it's the the baby steps and you help you it helps you understand that like, okay, maybe I have a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, but this first debt is two thousand dollars. Yep. 2000 is far less overwhelming than 100000 yeah. yeah, So I'm going to have to tackle this one first, minimum payments and everything else. And then yeah. I'm, I'm really going to, I'm going to chunk it down to the most basic level so I can handle it. It's the same way that we memorize phone numbers, right? Come on, man. Our, our, our phone number, I don't know all 10 digits if I didn't say 406-219-7839 is yeah. the, the phone number of the podcast because it's 406. That's area code. 219 is the prefix and and so you 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 chunk it into these individual components so you can you can you can tackle it man you're hitting dead on we call that we call that the debt snowball Mm -hmm. i mean bottom line but here's another thing too when when you're attacking overwhelming debt you just got to be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. you know you gotta i i and i say this and i mean this you have to have a budget Um, and you need to write down okay this is what i have coming in and here's everything that i have going out and when you're honest on a sheet of paper you are going to be upset you're going to feel overwhelmed but here's the truth you've just told yourself the truth now when you see the truth you can make adjustments to your problem and to your issue until you're truthful with yourself you can't fix it but anthony i already know i'm broke why do i need a budget well because i mean we're going to figure out how to i mean if you're broke (laughs) then why are you doing this podcast (laughs) (laughs) no but you know i mean i get pushback on that a lot where like i'll have i'll have a, a a student mentee student who's like hey um I don't need to make a budget because I already know I'm broke. It's like, well, you need to know how broke you are. Like that's yeah. step number one. Step number two is like stop occurring more more debt. Like there that's actually probably the first step yeah. is stop taking on more debt. Take debt off the table. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. And so, so uh, if you don't have a budget, get the Every Dollar app. I yes. think it's uh, it's uh, it's, it's some, free. Yeah, yeah it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's free, or you can you can have there's a, a paid for version where you can even hook your uh, credit or bank your account. bank account up yeah. to no it. Credit card? Uh, I meant debit card. 
<laughs> yeah, I use the free version, and it's it's great, man. Like Mariah and I, she's got it on her phone. I have it on my phone. We've got a shared budget, yeah. And it's like it is, especially living in LA, man. I didn't even have like we. I had a budget, then I became debt free, and then I moved to LA, and I'm like, oh, we need to do a budget. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Important. I live by my budget, man. I look at hey, my man, budget before I look at my bank account. Yeah, I love that, man. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a that's a good practice. Um, Katya, where are we at? Katya. Should a student take on employment dur- during college? A yes. job might help offset some costs, but doesn't it also have the potential to interfere with a student's progress? We kind of touched on that. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, I mean, Anthony just said, hey, the studies show that actually if you have a job during college degree, y- you progress better than other students. Yeah. I could totally see that, man, because if I was just worried about going to classes and going to parties... Like I'm probably gonna go to more parties you than start classes. Start prioritizing <laughs> the parties over the classes. Yeah. Whereas you start skipping the parties so you can have your job, mm-hmm. and then you realize like, okay, I'm I can't prioritize the partying. I have to prioritize that out of the right. equation. I would imagine when you graduate too, like you've got such a better skill set of yes. learning how to be an adult and yeah, and mm-hmm. prioritize your your work over over fun. Yeah. Uh, last question here. I think uh, my daughter is doing a work program. Her this one's from a guy named Anthony. Yes. Did you send this in? No. Is this from me? <laughs> <laughs> my daughter is doing a work program her senior year of high school, so she gets credits for working while also earning money. She's trying to go to school without debt and has been using the scholarship tool on Anthony O'Neill's website. Any other resources you suggest? Uh, keep doing what she's doing. Sounds like Amen. she's in some dual enrollment classes. I would definitely say get my book debt free degree. Um, also, go to my website anthonyoneal.com and look at the college calculator. Mm-hmm. If she's trying to go to college debt free, here's the n- number two thing. Number one is take, keep debt off the table. Number two is what college are you choosing? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like while she's working this program, um, start doing the research and start seeing what is the best college for me to allow my daughter to go to that will be debt free for. Her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we need to cover that's in the book that we should be talking to our audience about today? Man, we've covered, I mean, literally everything. You know, yeah. to anyone and everyone's listening, the key thing here is. I always tell uh, people five things. Number one, take that off the table. Uh, number two, have a vision and a plan for where you want to go. I don't care how old you are. And then number three, how do you get through college debt free? Is you work, save, and you find money. That's it. You know, you work, uh, you cash flow as much as you possibly can, save by choosing in state versus community college, or maybe going online, or maybe going to a trade school, tech school, or taking a gap year out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just save uh, and, and find some money via scholarships, grants, um, local uh, scholarships, or maybe national uh, scholarships. Man, in true The Minimalist's advice, it is that's really simple advice, but as we know, simple is not easy. Yes, yes indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony, I love you, brother. I want to encourage folks to check out Debt Free Degree. I want to say thank you for creating something meaningful, for helping people. Yeah. We're really grateful for it. Every time you're you're in California, keep, you're welcome to come back, brother. Oh, I want to be you when I grow up, man. Like no, I, I want to be y'all. The generation that you're that you're hitting right now, man. I mean, that's to me like that's the most important generation to be touching. So yeah, keep up the great work, man. Appreciate it, man. All right, y'all. Love people, use things. We'll see you next time. We love you, patrons. Thank you. The minimalists. <laughs>